This is the Complete Discography Podcast, where I, Darren Huffke, and my co-host, Austin Johns, break down the entire catalog of some of our favorite bands. Season one, we are focusing on the Alkaline Trio. We hope you enjoy the episode. Is this um, yeah, well, maybe I'll catch fire. 2000. Year, yeah, year 2000. Well, that's when this was released. This album came yeah, out, right? The yeah. year 2000. Y2K. Uh, I'm going to open a can of sparkling water, so you're going to hear that on the recording. Hmm. I was okay. just expecting whoop-ass, but <laughs> cue the stone cold. Yeah, in the year 2000, <laughs> definitely a can of whoop-ass is on the uh, most people's minds. But um, uh, yeah, so let's do what we did with the last album. Um, it was, I guess it was recorded earlier. I pulled up some info, and I can't find it now. I guess it was recorded like late 99, you know, but released in 2000, March of 2000. Um, yeah. So I guess the other details we can get out of the way. This was the last album they did with their first drummer, uh, Glenn Porter. Like, I guess he left shortly after the band album was um, like recorded. So like the live shows at the end of 99 and then leading into next year and everything when it was released, they were already playing with their next drummer. Um who does record on their next album and coincidentally also left right after that album was released and they had another fill-in drummer who even was in one of their music videos, uh, was the, the wow. like a fill-in drummer, uh, which is just kind of funny. Uh, but anyway. What, what was the, what's the name of the drummer that replaces uh, Glenn? Um, you know, it's okay if you don't have that. I, just, I, prep- I think I've read interviews with uh, Skiba where he's pretty much just like, yeah, you know, I'm just glad I don't have to make music with that fucking asshole anymore oh, type man. of stuff. So, like, I'm not, uh, yeah, hearing what you said about how, like, he's not even in, like, music videos because he's already out of the band for, yeah. that would be from here to infirmary at that yeah. point, I think. Yep. Uh, I'm not even shocked because I've, I've read a few things that, um, yeah, maybe we can't should. can't remember his name, though, but yeah. I guess when, on the next episode we'll record, we'll, like, look up some info on him. Mike, um... Flaumley, I don't know how to pronounce that last name, but yeah, he was literally in it for essentially one album cycle. Like he joined right after this album was done and left right after the next album was done. So he like was just in that little window, that little pocket. And technically, what? I mean, Forbidden Fruit comes out I think in two thousand one, so he's only in the band for only like a year or so. So um, did not get along. Yeah, but this was the original lineup, and this is also the last um, original album from Asian Man Records, because from here to Infirmary, he also ends up on Vagrant, so they kind of like leveled up a little bit in a way. I guess maybe they did it for just more like buzz or, or I, I mean, who have knows? I mean, but not to say good uh, anything bad about Asian Man Records or anything, but I think Vagrant in the scheme of things was kind of a step up for them as far as like oh, exposure. For sure, Asian Man Records is like super cool, but like, um, like, Especially back then, fucking tiny record label, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Vagrant, I remember that being like seen as like almost like not a major label, but like a major indie label. Yeah, a much bigger know? indie label for sure. I mean, they had yeah. like a larger stable and roster of like active touring bands and, and everything. So that probably yeah. was part of the draw. Um, but yeah, maybe I'll catch fire out in 2000. Their second album and also the last album on Asian Men Records, they also had it. Uh, produced by Matt Allison, the guy who did um, all their music up to this point, too. Same guy who behind the boards for them. Um, mm. So kind of just a continuation. But to get into our part of it, in the year 2000, what were you doing? Where were you at? Uh, you obviously weren't listening to this album, but just maybe where were you at in your life in 2000? Yeah, let's see. 2000, I guess I was like a freshman in high school. Um, Kind of the same or similar situation in terms of my life, like living in you know crappy desert Arizona. You know, um, I do remember. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I remember being a freshman in high school and kind of feeling like, wow, you know, this is like a bigger school than I'm used to going to. Um, and like not really feeling like I had a place. Like, oh man, I don't really fit in any of these cliques or anything like that. You know, like there's no. And so I like. Um, it was like shortly after my freshman year, I think that I started getting into more like kind of like punk or that like yeah. subgenre type music. And um, there wasn't really like a big scene of people um, where I lived that were uh, like-minded, I guess. But 
I do remember that kind of like bringing me into like a group where then I kind of felt more like a sense of belonging later on. But at this point, yeah, I just feel like I was just like fucking, <laughs> oof, just felt like a loser, you know, just like didn't really have any friends. It was just like, it was just not a good time, honestly, for like school and things like that. Yeah, we uh, we grew up best friends in elementary school. And then at this time, I had already, I was like a year and a half removed or so, I think, from Arizona, maybe. It probably, I think that about, because I did... Yeah. Most of seventh and eighth grade, and then ninth grade freshman year. That was me also going to high school. Similar boat. Uh, I think it's it's a punk story. Also finding belonging, being an outcast. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's cool. like so thing, uh, you know, it's just but... it's kind of fun. That's that's where you were going through. That's where you discovered it. Same thing. Uh, I do remember in 2000 for Halloween, I went to school um, as a uh, air quotes punk. Um, I wore Casey's clothes. I just like wore my older brother's clothes, uh, like his like uh, vest and uh, some pants with some patches on it and all that stuff. And uh, uh, it is kind of funny. It was a. It was. I remember wearing a Poison the Well T-shirt because years like I would like look back out there and think like, wait, that's not really punk, you know? It's just like Orange <laughs> yeah. County like hardcore style stuff, you know? But he had a Poison the Well T-shirt at that time. Um, I don't know that he wants to openly be known as a fan or a t-shirt owner of Poison the Well, but uh, he was at that time. We all, we've all uh, liked some garbage. Uh, but I remember that being kind of fun. And then the, like, the punk kids who were already at my high school like, looked at me like, who's this kid? You know, like, is this a, a new punk? Is he going to start hanging out with us? And like, people started talking to me, and I immediately was turned off by that. I was like... Literally, because I'm wearing an outfit, suddenly, like, I'm interesting to you. So yeah. that's when I knew I didn't want to be friends with those kids. And I just killed, uh, or I just still hung out with my circle. I had, like, three regular, like, nerdy video game-related kids. And, like, that was our small little clique. And we just, you know, stood around at lunchtime and, like, really didn't do much at all. Really isolated. Really, like, you know, we're not doing much. We're not making a lot of noise. We're not drawing attention. You know, we're like, we're just trying to just get by. And uh, it wasn't until that next year. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, the summer between ninth and 10th grade, uh, that's when this would be. So the, the summer of 2001, I think by that time we were going to shows didn't, because you came out to visit in California where I was living. And uh, we went to Warp Tour and a few like local shows at Chain Reaction and stuff like that, too. Uh, so yeah. that's definitely where yeah, things sparked sure, off. Yeah. But this was just right before it, you know, just the feelings of being a weirdo and isolated and uh, drawing you to that type of music. Um, And I know you had said, I think last time, it might have just been us talking, but you had said that that you might like this better than Goddammit. Yeah. And I wonder if you still feel the same way now. Yeah. After listening to it. Like, I don't know about that one, dude. For me, that's a hard no. Okay, well, we'll get there when we get there at the end. We'll rank the songs and then... Uh, just like we did in the episode, we'll we'll make a note and try and rank the songs of our you know least to, or most to least liked on the album. But now that this is the second album, we'll start ranking albums. You know, goddamn it, and this where's the ranking? Um, so we'll see where this lands. Yeah, I uh, I mean this you're you're kind of on that same th- like thought thread. But when did you first listen to this album, or when did you first kind of discover this album? Because for me, like it was the next summer. I think that Alkaline Trio was one of the earliest bands I remember getting into uh, musically. And I think From Here to Infirmary was out. And so that was always my first. And then I went back to God Damn It, but I never got Maybe I'll Catch Fire for a few years. I, I think it was like, oh gosh, I want to say 2000. Oh, when did we live out there? 2000, probably 2006 or seven that I actually like bought and listened to the whole album. Maybe even later than that, technically. Because there's a few other albums then. <clears throat> yeah, uh, sort of similar for me. I mean, yeah, obviously it's like from here to infirmary. Then I think I went back and did God Damn It. But even then, maybe it was Good Morning. Then God Damn It, some something like that. And then um, I remember. I think it might have been Aaron. Somebody hooked me up with like a, a burned copy or something of yeah. uh, Maybe I'll Catch Fire. And um, Dude, yeah, it was a lot later. Like, I think yeah. it was for sure after Good Morning had found it. might have even been after Crimson. Yeah, honest with you. I think it's the same for um, me. I think those two albums were already out. and, and Yeah, so it would have maybe connect, like hit a little bit better, you know, if I got to it sooner. But um, I don't know. You know, I don't know. That's, I, where, that's where I think it fits for me is I have emotional connections with every other 
album of theirs in their earlier catalog because like there's a time and place when i heard it when they were like new or kind of new but i didn't listen to this until i was a little bit older so like there just isn't that same repetition or nostalgia for it there's still like an enjoyment of it but it doesn't just click the same way that like a goddamn it song or a from here to infirmary song or even good morning or crimson song like there was just yeah. those are those are definitely in the moments for me and i was more tied to them than i was um, this like emotionally but what I have an appreciation for is like the music and the songs like just on that level um, so which is you yeah. know, normally I do like to find other like threads to cling on to and things like that but this you know superficially even on its own I think it's still solid uh, and I've grown to have a, a bigger appreciation for it um, but yeah yeah uh, super solid uh, like uh, better songs from Dan I feel like are on this uh, for me, there's a lot of like middle of the road songs, but there's a few like really for me personally really good songs on here. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a good album. It's, I'm not knocking it at all. I'm just yeah. I kind of agree. It's just one where I don't have since I got to it later. I don't have that same immediate kind of connection with it. But yeah. Well, um, our Dan and Matt counter half of uh, the first album. There was ten Matt songs, two Dan songs. That's still the band kind of fighting its footing. So that that split. Um, it was a little odd because it does kind of get a little bit more even as time goes on. Dude, uh, I think there's three Dan's on this one. I'm I'm almost positive there's three Dan songs on this one, and I think three seems to be the number for a lot of the albums in my memory, at least. I don't have any yeah. factual support for this. It's just you know from my memory, but we'll see. You know what I should do, and I'll have to do this for just the data reasons, is separate like a list of Matt songs and Dan songs, and then we can maybe share and compile some thoughts on those too once we get uh deeper through this um but yeah mm. and then we also have our our darkness count uh after goddamn it there was only one song that really you know referenced that that dark and that's okay um it, because yeah. that was early it's it not it's not a bad thing it's not it's just uh it's just something that they tap it's into the funny thing yeah it's part of their like their element the, is like yeah can't be you know this to it the can't be horror aspect a little bit right like, yeah yeah, and yeah. I, I enjoy that, and so it's yeah. we're, our darkness count is only at one. I think maybe we'll 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 tick that up a few notches here. I might have been lying. I think even that one was a little bit of I don't want to say a technicality, but you know, compared yeah. to how how they yes do it to what it becomes. Album, it's, it's, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, well, let's get into it. Uh, first song is called "Keep 'Em Keep M Coming." Uh, Keep 'Em Coming, all right. Make, yeah. make sure we know that that that's it. We'll just play a little bit of that right now. goes into another groove after that as well too but uh that's a that's a taste of it um yeah uh what are what are your thoughts i'd like to know your initial thoughts just because you have different thoughts of this album i think as a whole than i do um i mean super solid song uh for like an opening track maybe the i would prefer something a little bit higher tempo but it does kind of get going like you said a different groove a little later there but um you know, uh, not having much of like an emotional attachment to a lot of these songs. Um, for me, this song, I don't know what it is. It just kind of makes me think like, oh man, Skeebs is just like burnt out on like touring or maybe he's, if he's still doing like the bite courier stuff, it's like maybe he's just, he just seems like a song for someone who's just like wiped a little bit, you know? Um, but I like it. It's, it's a good song. Yeah. I think it's a, 
uh, and it's only their second album, and you know, it's not like they even have like a template to try and follow at this point. Uh, but yeah. it was it was a decision to go with that kind of like mid tempo song to start the album with because uh, we talked about in the last episode. Um, song structure and sequencing, you know, um, you kind of want to hook them with something kind of maybe like a, a bigger pop or a high energy or something like that, like out of the gate before you start getting into maybe the exper- or experimental or whatever. Not that this is even experimental for their style. Uh, I don't know. I like the choice of the mid-tempo of this song to start the album because, as we'll discover, there's like most of the album is just like this mid-tempo um, like kind of feel. It doesn't have that same like... Um, I mean, it, it still has like their same like wall of noise kind of sound, but there's just not like that kinetic like pacing that like the first one had. And yeah. for good or for good or bad, I mean, that's just that's different. Um, but I I appreciate about that this being something that kind of stands out. And it's got to be tough to follow up. God damn it! I mean, as as it is, like that's that was just a great album, and I think they even knew it in the moment with how quickly they were growing in their own popularity. So. You're always yeah. going to struggle trying to, you know, follow up something like that. Yeah, I think you're right, though. A lot of the, I mean, almost the entire album, I think, is mid-tempo or even, like, slowish tempo. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might be part of the reason I, yeah, I'm not, I mean, I, I'm fine, you know, I'm good with it, but, like, I do appreciate kind of the higher tempo type stuff, so. Yeah, um, and the uh, yeah. the lyrics of this song, too, um, I've got a song stuck in my head. Uh, one that I miss more than my bed. It's a song sung from a fallen milkman who's drinking bleach instead. Um, he's referencing the dead milkman who have a song called the bleach boys. And, um, I was never a big fan of the dead milkman or anything, but it's just like a funny reference to that. And you know what? Actually, I've got the power of Apple music. We might as well just listen to that real quick. That song was written in 1988. Uh, yeah, I just think it's a fun little like callback. Clearly, they're fans of um, Dead Milkman, or yeah. at least Skeeb is a fan of the Dead Milkman, and you know, or a fan enough to have a little call out and fun little anecdote. Um, but cool. Well, keep them coming right now. My favorite song on the album uh, at this point. So uh, I know our rankings at this time are exactly the same. The next song is Madam Me, so I'll play that right now. say the name of the song but that was the chorus <laughs> um madam me's predicting that your answer will be yes uh yeah i uh i like this song a lot um it's mm-hmm. again just like that first album there was those uh like nuggets of like i don't want to say self-deprecating but like just you know t- the feeling like you know you are making some mistakes or maybe not living up to your own potential and just kind of letting yourself down. Uh, this is a song that's just, you know, straight up 
you know, calling that out as well. Uh, and I just really like that about this band still. And this is a mid-tempo, uh, good callback to that. Yeah, um, this is probably one of my, well, we'll have to see the rest of the songs, but I, I do like this song quite a bit. Um, I don't know that I, it scores anything on like the evil meter necessarily, but this song, this album just in general seems a bit like just darker in theme, like, you know what I mean? Um, not necessarily like, like the campy, like, horror type stuff that maybe happens later on, but it's just a little bit darker in theme, I think, for me than, um, than um, God Damn It. Yeah. And this song kind of, for me, is, is you know, it's not a, little, the, a little darker, you know? Yeah, it's not the, the darkness of yeah. inside, but darker in, you know, context and, and all that stuff. So uh, they're going to find themselves, and then they're going to stick to that game plan, and they're going to make us enjoy it for nearly two decades. So uh, <laughs> it'll, it'll start clicking. Um, but yeah, another thing, I believe this is the song, this is all just being pulled from memory right now. Um, but they had a DVD that was like a, a live Halloween DVD. I remember that, yeah. And uh, I owned it. It was great. Uh, but I'm pretty sure the menu of the DVD is a little, like a small loop of them playing this song. And oh. I always feel bad because there's a woman in like the front row. I know exactly what you're going to say. Because it's bugged me forever. And I, I'm so conscious of this myself now because of this. And she's like trying to sing the lyrics to this like uh, one line, and she's clearly misremembered the line, and so she just kind of tucks her head down a little bit and clearly speed mumbles and is not actually saying it. And but she, she not, I don't want it to be like she's not a fan or obviously she doesn't deserve to be there or anything like that at all. It's just one of those moments where you know you're just into it and you do it. So when I am like not confident or not sure myself. I have no idea if it's going to be recorded or on the internet or anything later. I'm just going to just bob my head and just keep my mouth shut and all that stuff until I know the lyrics that are happening, which, you know, most of the time I do know them anyway, just being an obsessive person. But, um, yeah, yeah, I just always I, think I, about that. I also, I will just stop doing it. I mean, I stop uh, pretending to know, let's say. Yeah. But I, I, uh, I typically do know the lyrics, you know. Um, but, you know, what I can kind of relate to her because, like, my knowledge of the lyrics on this album versus God Damn It is, like, pretty different, you know. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know like probably all the lyrics to every song or nearly every song on Goddamn It. I really couldn't say the same for this, but you know, I know I know the songs, I know the, the lyrics yeah. to portions of them. But you know, well, one thing that Skiba's really good at, and I think this is where she fell victim to fall victim. Um, she <laughs> uh, Skiba does like like a chorus, but like the chorus evolves with the story of the lyrics. So like the second time the chorus goes through, there's like some words or events or metaphors like evolved or changed. So it's like, you know, most of it, but in reality it's, it's a different one. So you like, you know, if you're buzzed having a few beers, seeing them live, you might just go confidently out there to like rock out and like just shout out the wrong verse entirely. And I think, uh, this yes. girl, I think, was just unfortunately he, caught him. He's those so tracks. good at it that he he also gets himself. Oh yeah, 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 Many yeah. times, where yes. like, and maybe he's who knows what he's up to, but he's uh, you know, yeah, oh yeah, you know, forgetting the lyrics on or not forgetting the lyrics, just forgetting to change the lyrics on the second verse or yeah. you know, chorus or whatever he he's doing for that song, and so. But that's, that's, you know, that's the fun of a live, uh, live show, right? That's the nature of the beast of writing creatively like that, and he's good at it. It's just you got to yeah. remember it all when he comes back down to play it live. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, next song, track three, You've Got So Far to Go. I, I love this song. 
That I love this song too. It's one of my favorite songs on this album. Dan uh, is just good at like um, like telling those stories. Like his his songs like tell a story from start to finish. Like a, a, the start of a relationship, the the feelings of meeting, uh, then the conflict or contrast, and then usually like a, a sad boy ending. Um, but uh, I really love that. And this one was. Love it all. The, the energy, that weird slow tempo start. But then once that chorus kicks, it just gets loud and like you just feel everything he's saying. That's just really cool. Yeah, dude. This song, I love this song. One of it's for sure gonna be up there on like, you know, my ranking for this album. Um and I don't know if this is like what the story is, but it's like for me, the way that I relate to it, it just reminds me of like and that I maybe that's what's happening in this song, but like like you just really had like a super good time with you know, someone and like you, all you have to do is like make a move and you just like, don't do it and screw it all up. And yeah. then like, you know, hopefully you'll get another chance, but I can say from experience, you don't always get that second chance for like, yeah. Oh man, you dropped the ball and that's it. Like you just screwed it up and like, that's, you know, it's done. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's what the story that it's telling. It's really great. Like he, he gets, I don't know. That's the way chance. I see it. Yeah. I, don't, yeah, I was thinking about that today. Cause I was thinking of the songs I really like on this album. And, um, that's just, to me, that's what it seems, and that's it's relatable for me. If that is what it, you know his intent was, I don't really know, but um, yeah. And then uh, the ending chorus just wraps up really good. I can actually go right to it. I think. Yeah. He kind of repeats that out, um, but really good. Really good yeah. song. Um, this ranks highly for me. <clears throat> um, I'm curious to know. I want to get a separate Dan list going and all that stuff, too. I want to know what my favorite you know, Dan songs are compared to Matt's songs. But this right now is probably my favorite by them, for sure. Or by him, at least, for sure, so far. Yeah, yeah, yes. From what we've covered, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. Well, the next song, uh, Fuck You, Aurora. titular fuck you aurora uh it comes back up the second time through uh but this song just grinds that pace to a halt you know like it's already like mid-tempo and this just like slows it down um this has always been my least favorite song on the album and and it still is for me today um i don't know if you have different thoughts about it or anything but uh that's just where i stand yeah it's not one that i um in terms of some of the like trio songs that are maybe ones that I personally don't like, or I don't want to say hate, but like, you know, my less liked songs, this one's definitely on that list. I mean, it's just, um, the pace, like I just, the lyrics, I'm not really, don't really do anything for me personally. I don't really, um, you know, I'm sure there's a story behind all of it and everything, but yeah, just yeah. for me, I just, I, um, that's not a big part, fan of the song. Yeah, that's all. That's part of my problem too, is, is that lyrically, it just seems maybe more of an, in, like a, not an inside joke, but like an internal like thought, like there's not enough that's conveyed to me to like relate to here. Like, I'm not quite sure what the issue is. And then the really weird line of you won't catch me behind the wheel of a Chrysler ever again. Like, I don't know. That's just a clearly a a personal deep cut for himself. Like I, I, 
unless it's about a friend yeah. that he lost or, yeah, or something. I, I don't know. Too. It's like, did somebody like die in a car accident in a Chrysler? Was there like a like um, did the person that maybe died own a Chrysler? Like, I don't know. I'm sure there's a story there. Yeah. And, yeah. And um, it's not necessarily like a, a bad song, but like up to this point, every song had, um, you know, something to understand or like look through their perspective or listen to the story that was being told or even relate to on a certain level. This one I'm just kind of like lost on and, and some things I can be lost on, and I'll even call that out later on a few songs. Um, but this one, it just, it's just a story that doesn't feel like it's for me because I just don't have enough to kind of grasp to. So it is just a, a song that I don't really go back to that much. Um, oh, I got to update my Dan and Matt counter. Um, next song is Sleepyhead. This, um, like I was just saying with Fuck You Aurora, I don't quite know what the intent of the song is, but this one just hits different. I'm okay with um, the ambiguousness of it. Uh, it's descriptive and interesting, but the music is also really entertaining to me personally. It's like a, it's like a David Lynch movie. It's like watching Mulholland Drive. Like, yeah, no idea to this day. I mean, even with the insert in the DVD of the seven secrets <laughs> yeah. to help unlock, um, I don't know what's happening here. I'm just going to enjoy this song, uh, enjoy like the call-outs and the imagery it's kind of creating, um, and just be into it. I, 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 I like it overall, uh, but I don't quite know why this one I'm okay with versus Fucky Aurora I'm just still kind of stuck on. Yeah, I'm... Um... This one is a for sure a higher ranking song for me on the album all overall. Um, but I'm with you. Like I don't exactly know what like uh, what is being said or what conveyed in the in the lyrics. I I have always wondered about like because there's the lines about like bedroom eyes, which are typically like you know when somebody's wanting to sleep with somebody or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I, yeah, I don't really know what any of it means, honestly. I, I you know. Um, but just a good song. Uh, yeah. There is something yeah. I want to put on to the darkness count in here. Let me see if I can jump to it at the end of this song. Yeah, <laughs> that definitely counts. That line I've always actually—I I almost forgot about because we, you know, we didn't get that part of the song. But um, that line has always made no sense to me in the context of what the oh, yeah everything it, else in the song was, you know. Yeah, and I mean um, nothing to see here but the rain, nothing to hold you but the flames, and just kind of reiterating that and like the big build up, and then it's raining flames. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love that part of the song and everything. But yeah, again. Yeah. Um, paints a nice image. I, 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 you kind of think of the album cover a little bit with that orangey, you know, sky, you know, maybe kind of like a fiery sky, but, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, that is Sleepyhead. Uh, next song, we are going into track, uh, six, which is maybe I'll catch fire. It's 
That's a really good song. Um, I think that one straddles the line a little bit on possibly getting an evil counter. Oh, I'm going yeah. darkness on that. I mean, it just uh, yeah. the directly he talks about all that evil shit's not hard to find. Yeah, but that. he says darkness specifically, whereas it says uh, something pure to burn away the darkness that hides inside my mind. Inside my mind yeah. All the evil shit's not hard to find. Uh, and then to be nice. <laughs> yeah, and then in the second one, just like we talked about Matt doing, where like he kind of evolves the chorus. The next one, it's um, talking about um, looking at rocks if he falls out and oh, yeah. something that so maybe will I'll sharp fall to yeah. rip into his insides and bleed out all that pain. Like it's to me still in that in that vein, in vain to yeah. call back uh, <laughs> to or call yeah. forward, shout forward, like whatever, whatever that is. Um, yeah, I, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put that on our darkness count. I mean, even though well, it's, I'm good with it's the, kind yeah, of for direct, me, like, it's, it could be, it could not be. I mean, some of these early ones are a little bit like just in comparison to what they end up yeah. doing. You know? yeah. But but yeah, for sure, I'm 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 with that. Yeah, yeah. this song, um, I always like the song. Uh, it's not even like a, a fast paced song, but compared to everything else on the album, it feels fast paced. Yeah. Yep. For me. Like, it just feels like, oh, man, they finally upped the tempo a little bit, but it's really not a fast tempo song. No, no, yeah, not like really, I said, you, know, I mean, you it's weird because you have that whole staging of the entire album, even the opening song having that kind of more of a mid-tempo feel, that as soon as something slightly deviates from that, it's just going to stand out for that, like, oh, wow, they really brought it here. But in reality, this would be that slow song on any other album they ha- they did. Um, yeah. But it's the title track. It's the sixth track on the album. It's a, a Dan song as well, too, which is interesting. Um, so there's a lot of uh, nuggets uh, on this one, but uh, love it. Actually, thinking about it, there's not a lot of... Um, they don't typically name albums after the title of a song. Yeah. Is there another time that they even do that at all? I can't really think of one off the top is of my head at all. Is this thing cursed? Um, I don't think it happens again, honestly. Is this thing cursed? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it opens with the song, Is This Thing Cursed? Yeah. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Aside from that. <laughs> but though. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think so. I can scroll through here. That's uh, yeah, my... just a weird side note. I was just kind of like, huh. Yeah, you're I right, don't though. think Is so. Is This Thing Cursed? Another uh, Dan song as well there. So, huh. Oh, yeah. That's true. This hmm. Addiction. Okay, yeah. Well, there's a song that opens yeah, with okay, This Addiction. I'm just forgetting. Yeah, that's yeah. right, This Addiction. But yeah. I honestly a... felt the same way. Like I, I thought that their, their, the titles didn't typically do that, but... I mean, the scheme of things, they have, what, nine albums at this point? Maybe, yeah. yeah um, so even if three have them, it's still the um, lesser of the, you know, Evil. over. Yeah, lesser of the <laughs> nine evils. Uh, all right, well, that was maybe I'll catch Fire Trek 6. There's uh, four more to go on this album. Uh, it's a 35-minute total runtime on this whole album. We didn't Phew, talk about that. We're already that far along. Yeah, uh, Jesus, Tuck yeah. Me In is track seven. Throat and lay the hair aches Tuck me into it 
think about that one, Darren? I love this song. I Dude, love me this too, song, and I don't know why. Yeah, I. Uh, well, what do you mean you don't know why? Like, it's the it's the good music. The music first and foremost. It, this is definitely their highest energy song on the album, and it's really fun to follow along with. Uh, the chorus is like kind of silly, but like interestingly descriptive. Like, like liquid white from fallen gla- fallen glass. Like, just don't cry over spilled milk kind of reference that he just moves the words around to be this interesting kind of chorus. Um, yeah. I don't know. I like it. It, it. Clearly, it's it's a song I think about, like, um, you know, a, a fractured or broken relationship, maybe amongst friends or something like that, you know, or or losing something because maybe, you know, you're not quite up to par or up to or you didn't do your part in the friendship or something. Maybe that's kind of what I always I kind of felt it as. But I also think there's a little bit of darkness count in here. I almost want to stretch it out again, Dark. just from, like in the beginning. Uh, with the tarantulas, when it let them in their mouth to bow my throat and lay their eggs, and then talks about bleeding on the floor. Like, no, this one has to be in there. Some I dark think, imagery. This, this one for sure is. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts? So, yeah, unpack that. Well, you love it, but you know you're kind of maybe don't know why. Well, yeah, I, I I love the song. I mean, musically, yeah, there's there's reason to really like it. But like, and I get like he you know he gets into like the friendship thing, and I can kind of see that. But he spends a lot of time with this like tuck me in lines where it's like. Yeah stuff that where i'm just like lyrically i don't really know that i'm like uh on the same page but i just i like the song i mean like um i kind of see that as like that metaphor of like put it to rest or put it to bed like get mm, over it move on type of thing you know and then all the imagery is like not only just a normal bed but not just a normal bed but like maybe a coffin type of thing like where it's permanently (laughs) dead like this this relationship is done (laughs) for sure um like that only you know when I first hundred thousand times listened to it, it never really stuck to me. It's not until like I'm trying to like read a little deeper into it to where I maybe think it means you know like that's where I personally have, I've kind of like leaned it towards. I never made that connection, but that actually changes it quite a bit. Um, that yeah. Actually, yeah, that gives it some good context. Yeah, um, it's I not never, like, like sleepyhead style. Part, but I still just enjoyed the song. It's just like oh man just got a good flow to it i mean it's got some of the the dark elements in there yeah. you know uh i just yeah i'm a big fan of the song it's just i never really had like such a um strong tie to the, yeah. the lyrics i don't think necessarily but um yeah I, it's yeah. it's not it's different than sleepyhead for me because i have inferred or interpreted you know something out of there that i can take away where sleepyhead i'm still kind of just I, I'm going to love your music. I'm going to love like the imagery I think of, but I still don't know what you're getting with this. This, I still, I, I feel like I kind of get what we're getting or I'm mopping up what he's spilling. Yeah. Uh, but it is just a good song too. Just uh, first and foremost, good music. Um, so that was Tuck Me In. Where are we at now? Uh, track eight, She Took Him to the Lake. I'm not saying I'm not preparing all of my thoughts in advance for our conversations here, but this is another higher energy song. It's still not like super fast necessarily, but it definitely seems like they backfilled this album with some of those ones and, and maybe with some resequencing, like the first five songs are clearly like slower tempo. Like they could have intermixed them maybe differently to maybe not leave that like lasting vibe that it's like mid tempo. Cause that's what we talked about at the beginning. And I still think of this album as like a mid tempo one, but in reality, if almost half or have a decent amount of energy, maybe it's not a totally accurate, but I don't know. I think it's probably still probably is, but yeah. 
never thought of that way. That's a good point. Like, imagine if you start the freaking album off with Maybe I'll Catch Fire. You do, like, three of the more mid-tempo songs. Then you hit them with this as, like, track four or something. Or maybe yeah. you've got so far to go as four. or Something like that, right? Yeah. Just to break it up a little better, but, yeah. And it would probably change the, the overall flow to it, but um, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about this song? Um, I'm a pretty big fan of it. Uh, um super relatable like storytelling it's yeah. like that really good like you had kind of said dan storytelling where he just yeah. tells you like an in-depth from start to finish story about open exactly what happened open and, like, and shut case doesn't leave out the details he's a private so, eye yeah. what a yeah. private um, eye but it's uh super relatable it's it's got that kind of more my speed tempo um that i like um um yeah i mean i think this is like the the album where Dan finally starts, you start to like, oh shit, Dan has some, like, not that he wasn't good on Goddamn, it's just like he has such a smaller output. And like, um, yeah, this is what his third song now we've got. And um, none of them yeah. are on the bottom of the record for me, I don't think. No, I mean, they're, they're definitely not. I'm trying to look at what I've got so far. Yeah. Um, so he, a very strong output from him. Um, mm-hmm. I think that like, just like with maybe I'll catch fire, I don't know who's inspiring who, but I think they're both inspiring each other to be more creative with their songwriting. And like, um, I like hearing, you know what it is definitely, you know, coming from growing up and, you know, always like longing for, you know, that, that relationship or connection all stuff. This story just kind of talks about that. Um, this character gets their, you know, a second chance at it and doesn't necessarily pan out exactly where you maybe think it would go. It's just a nice Wonder Years episode of, you know, played out in song form. And yeah, I love the Wonder for Years. For sure, yeah. Um, this album as a whole, I think of, when I think about this album, I think of it as like a Dan album, like in terms of him having like, I don't want to say the better output for songs, but like just a strong showing on the album. But mm-hmm. it is kind of funny because you're right. He, it's just three songs, but yeah. you know, yeah, it, but ten songs total. Um, like it's still a, a decent chunk as a, a fingerprint of his because you know yeah. you can take out like even if you like removed "Fuck You Aurora," you know, and then you have the album closer, which of this is a staple of theirs. It's kind mm-hmm. of it's not that offset in my mind, but uh, it is. It, I always think of it as a Dan album too. I mean, the title track, you know, he gets that so. Um, yeah. It's really great showing, but that is his last song uh, on the album. The next one, track nine, uh, there's only two left. Uh, this one is called 5314. I'll play that now. fan of that song i don't know that i'd say i love it um it's a really hard song to rank this album is also really hard to rank even though i don't really like it as much as i like god it it's just there's still a lot of good songs on here yeah. um i'm a fan of the song but for me it's probably a more of a middle of the road kind of one i would i think yeah um it is i mean i wonder if it's because they don't like maybe i've never heard them play it well i guess i have heard him play it live Maybe I haven't. I guess, yeah. I, I've heard him play every song live, um, but I don't think like re- regularly hear them play it live. And it doesn't seem like it's regularly popping up, you know, in, in like discussions of like songs of theirs or anything. Uh, 
Like it's almost like it only lives on this album and you never ever visit it again unless you're at the tail end of this album listening through it. So maybe it's because I don't, it's not like fatigued on me by listening through too much or anything. I do like the lyrics, the um, uh, scrape open your eyes, rise and fucking shine 7 a.m. Like I've I've been in that world where you just don't want to get out of bed and go to work and do the stupid grind of the day. Uh, and then that's where that chorus kicks in, like sit down, dead weight and wonder, unsure, unslept, uncovered, uh, the new light of dawn discovered by ungrateful eyes, like, like the sun waking you up, you open your eyes and you just, you don't want to be greeting by that sunshine. You're not right grateful now. for another day. Yeah. It's it's, ungrateful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I can just relate to that. I mean, unfortunately in my life, I've had, uh, times like that where I've just hating the job or hating the grind or hating the routine. And I love that about you know, this song being very relatable in that way. And it's got some really great energy. Like I love that drive. It's, um, it's very driven. And then it just kind of breaks down in that little, uh, little half steppy tempo, uh, chorus. So I love the creativity of it, but I just don't think that we're exposed to it that much to really maybe appreciate it as we could. Yeah, that could be, I mean, lyrically, I like it quite a bit. I don't know if it's the breakdown or what it's just musically. I'm maybe not as big a fan. Um, but super relatable. I mean, even now, like we all have days like that, but yeah, I know what you mean. I've had like years of that yeah. happen before, unfortunately, but, yeah. um, um, the, um, yeah. it's, it's wordy for a Skiba song, like, like a Dan song telling a story can be very wordy. This is a lot of lyrics to it. And, uh, it's almost like a bad religion song. Like they, uh, there's just a lot of like words and verbs and syllables that are like broken apart in the melody that you're just kind yeah. of like, sometimes you're not even realizing what you're hearing and you kind of have to reread it or look at that and all that stuff. It's not necessarily like melodically delivered to you in like the syncopation with everything. So, um, but yeah, great. Man, uh, we only have one song left. Album to rank because yeah. I, I know what the next song is too. I'm kind of like, wow, this is hard. Yeah, where are you going to put this one? So next song, final song on the album, closes it down with a real banger. That's what the kids say. Oh no, maybe they wouldn't call this a banger because I don't know. I don't know what the kids would call this, but it's a good song. Here's Radio, the last song on Maybe I'll Catch Fire. to the chorus because we kind of have to hear that yeah oh turn back up this Obviously, that's, you know, one of their, I would imagine, one of their best-known songs. It used to be, like, that would for sure be, like, the closing song, you know, years ago. I mean, now there's, they've got other material they can throw in there, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. But, um, um, yeah, yeah it's a great song. I mean. 
I'm curious to know what a modern set list of theirs looks like. Yeah, because that, you know, even as a band, maybe they're fatigued from playing it necessarily, but um, maybe not. Um, but yeah, it's definitely one you want to hear. Uh, I feel like a lot on. of the times it would be that, or it would be, um, forgetting the title of that song, but the final song on uh, Good Morning sometimes I feel like. Oh, yeah, yeah, spot. yeah. I forget the name of that song too. We'll, we'll do that here soon. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's a good song too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love this song. It's it's very clear to understand what this is about. Uh, there isn't any David lynching yourself through the lyrics or anything here. Um, yeah. Really good imagery, but also that weird, like, dark humor, like that opening line, like shaking like a dog shitting razor blades. I think about that yeah. all the time. It's like, you know exactly the feeling he's describing with that really weirdly, darkly comedic, like, uh, painting of uh, those words. So it's like, uh, really interesting. And then that slow build, that like almost acoustic kind of like, like soft draw to like that wall of sound for the chorus of just like the, just the raw loudness and angstiness, um, driving it through like perfect song. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, you're totally right. Skiba is just one of those guys that does that, that, uh, you know, a little bit juvenile, let's say like humor, <laughs> you know, quite a bit. It's like, it's almost, almost, you know, it's not shocking that he ended up, being in Blink-182 kind of, you know what I mean? Not to say that they're the exact same band yeah. or anything like that. Sim- I mean, you know, probably similar, you could say. I'm just He just has, like, a little bit of that yeah, dark, that... but juvenile, like, uh, humor to him, I think. Well, for sure. I think that definitely taps into those those same wavelengths, and that probably helps yeah. him get along with um, those guys and what he's yeah. doing over there. Um, you know what? This also has a modern... I mean, this song was written in 2000, you know, but... You know, little did they know, probably 18 years later, you know, we started getting flat earthers and everything. Um, you got QAnon out there. The, uh, if, if Columbus was wrong, I'd drop straight off the edge. Like, I mean, is he stirring up some controversy with some of his listeners when he says that, you know, uh, referencing the, the roundness or flatness of the earth? I don't know. I think we're in a dome simulation. Yeah, Skiba, flat earther. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but that's it. That's the end of the album. Uh, 10 songs. Uh, it still has about the same track length, or I mean, a runtime as God Damn It, but in less songs um, because some of these songs, you know, are just a little bit longer in length with the tempo and everything, yeah. the way it plays out. Um, let us share our ranking. So, statistically, we got seven Matt songs, three Dan songs on the album. Uh, I'm giving a final count to our uh, darkness count on this album at three. So um, that ended up being pretty productive in the darkness count, you know, if I do say so. Uh, and it'll only get better from here. Uh, but let's do the rankings. Let's uh, just share our 1 through 10. Uh, you want to start it off, and we'll alternate back and forth with our 1 through 10 are. Yeah, we can do it that way. I, um, yeah, this was harder than I thought it would be. There's actually just some really good songs on here for me. Um, and this, I don't know if this is... Uh, Probably not. Uh, I don't know, but uh, I went with "You've Got So Far to Go." <laughs> wow. You've got so far to go. Took number That's my favorite one. Favorite song on the album, dude. Wow. I love that song. That's a surprise. That's a shocker. I but thought it might be. Yeah. If I make I a uh, sound effect or a stinger that just going to go in there, it's going to be a wow, uh, like a shocker. <laughs> yeah, you could press the wow. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a good song. It's in. The, I love that song. I don't know, dude. I it's just... in the top half of my album for sure. Yeah. Uh, number one though. Wow, that's. Uh, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, and that's a tough call though, and it like I said the same thing before. Where it's like. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It, it could be a different song, possibly like a n- next month. But like that one for sure is to me. Yeah, that at the time of this recording, this is the the vibe that you're getting. It bounces back and forth, like from like top one or two all yeah. the time. So yeah, that's yes. that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, same uh, stipulation for me. Like this is my ranking right now. But I mean, I've been a longtime fan of the band, and I most likely will main- maintain my fandom of the band for a while, and it could change. But as of right now, my number one song, uh, title track, maybe I'll catch fire. Mm-hmm. Like that to me uh, s- sets a really good bar, and it just makes sense um, for me. I just yeah, love that song. That's my number one. Yeah, I get that. that I love that song so much. It felt weird ranking it where I did, but um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a really good one. All right, well, we'll drop your deuce. What's your uh, number two? Yeah, uh, number two, I mean, I don't think it's too shocking. I mean, it's, you know, it's radio. Yeah, I have radio at number two myself as well. 
Uh, yeah. So we shared the shared the bread on that one. Uh, I'm curious to know what your number three is because I might have a shocker for you at my number three. I feel like there's going to be a few shockers for you on this album. Well, for each of us, but yeah. you know, for each other, I guess. Uh, number three, I have maybe I'll catch fire. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Uh, number three for me is not you've got so far to go. It I didn't is think so, but yeah. five, three, ten, four. Wow! Holy shit! Yeah, number three. <laughs> okay. Honestly, I didn't think it would place that highly. Like, I mean, we're listening through. I'm looking at them. I've, I've, I've thought, okay, my rankings here look pretty solid. And then when we got to that song. I'm like, well, no, I like it better than this. Well, no, I would pick that over this one right now. And then it just slowly crawled its way up for me and uh, settled right there. So literally, radio and five, three, ten, four. The last two songs took the second and third spot for me on this like overall ranking, which is just crazy. I, I thought it was pretty solid. Um, but like yeah. I said a minute ago, uh, I like the imagery. I like the directness of the lyrics. I like how I can relate to it. And I like that fast tempo. It's just a perfect cocktail of a, of a song that I, I, I jam to. Yeah, uh, that's a, it's a good song, yeah. Number four for you. Number four, I have uh, Tuck Me In. Tuck me in. Okay, yep. Yes. That's a good one. I like that one a lot. Number four for me is, finally, You've Got So Far to Go. Uh, oh, so it's still pretty high ranking. Yeah, then, yeah. it's d- top half of the album for me, for yeah. sure. It's great song. Great song. Great story. Great everything about that. I love that. Uh, number five for you. This is going to be, if this is the, there's only ten songs on the album, so there's mm-hmm. only five songs that can land in the top, and there's going to be five songs in the bottoms. This is the last song that lands in the top for you. Yeah, um, so it's She Took Him to the Lake. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's probably why I think of it as a Dan album. I mean, it looks like three of the five, or three of my top five songs are Dan songs. Are Dan so, songs, um, yeah. For me, it's I think of it as like a Dan, Dan's killing it on this album, kind of yep. an album. You know? but, he, brought, yeah. he brought the A game. Yeah, for me, my five is Keep Em Coming, the opening song, um, which is oh. interesting, I think, definitely. Uh I still think it's a, a Dan album for me because my number one's Maybe I'll Catch Fire. You've Got So Far To Go is my four. She mm-hmm. took him to Lake, spoiler alert, is not that far from here for me. Um, yeah. But yeah. Well, what's your six? Uh, six, I've got Sleepyhead. Sleepyhead, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that one fell a little bit for me when I started thinking about it more, um, but I still love that song myself. Tuck Me In is where that fits for me now hmm. at number six. At number six, okay, yeah. yeah. Number That's seven it. for you. So seven, that's where I have five, three, ten, four. Mm, yep. Yeah. Uh, I took, uh, she took him to the lake is number seven for me. But again, yeah. the way that was looking before radio and five, before I forced ranked this, it looked like three, all three of Dan's songs were in the top five for me, for sure. But, you know, the forced ranking, I just have to do it, you know, gun to your head, got make, to make that call. Uh, it ended up being seven for me. Right? Yeah, seven. Uh-huh. Eight, nine, ten. Yeah. Okay. What's your eight? Uh Madame Me. Madame Foot stuck in the door. Yep. Uh mine is Sleepyhead at mm. uh eight. And again, like the same vibe I get from Tuck Me In or Five Three Ten Four, it's just it's just the the lyrical disconnect where I, I just don't quite know what's going on with it, but it's still a great song. So that's why that ended up for me right there. Yeah. Uh yeah. what's nine for you? Uh, nine for me is actually keep them coming. Keep em coming. Okay, that's yeah. towards the. Bo- oh wow. Okay. Quite a bit lower for me. Yeah. Where, where did you have that again? Keep em coming is my fifth song. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. yeah and I, it ended in my top half. So, yeah. It ended song, at almost yeah, your bottom. Me, had, Ma, yeah. Madame Me got uh, the ninth spot for me. So that one is the one that we both agree pretty similarly that it's you know if we're gonna go save five songs off this album you know we're neither of us are gonna bring that one along yeah yeah and then um, so obviously we have the same fuck you aurora uh, 10 yep sponsor. yeah fuck yep. You, aurora. it's it's tough you to have a perfect record you know it's t- it's tough <laughs> to do and it's not a bad song at all like we said i mean even even though it's the least favorite on here it's still you know interesting music it's slower they took a chance with it it's just that the same thing like with with sleepyhead there's a disconnect lyrically but it's also not painting any type of emotional picture for me on top of that i'm just kind of left like yep this means something to somebody just not me and it takes a little while to get through it yeah yeah it is kind of like that because it's like you don't know 
the, the situation and there's so much like kind of like it feels like passion in what he's doing there yeah you know? like and um and build up on that chorus you know but it's just like yeah just don't know where it's it, going so, yeah i mean or why it's going there um cool well that was uh maybe i'll catch fire um the uh this is pretty much how the formula i think is going to be for most of the episodes um uh, i mean i think i kind of explained it in the first episode but you know, if this sounds like it's an excuse for two friends just to talk about uh, music albums, uh, it's kind of what it is. Uh, but hopefully anybody who is enjoying listening along or hearing our thoughts or you're thinking of your own thoughts and you're, you're thinking of your own reasons why you, you, know, you like it or dislike it. And uh, by the time these start actually being posted and air, airing and everything... Um, I think we have a Twitter account. I think we made a Twitter account a long time ago. So like, like tweeting and sharing... Um, like your own lists and everything. Uh, I'll be sure to edit in our actual Twitter handle here. I'm pretty sure it's maybe at complete discography, but um, in case it's not, Uh, but cool. Thanks for listening uh, for another episode next week's going to, or yeah, (laughs) I can't, I do do need to know. (laughs) Yeah. I do need to know. And we don't have to do this every single time, but just because it came up when we were doing it last time. Oh yeah. So God damn it, or maybe I'll catch fire. Oh, shit, yeah. We have to do a forced rank of the albums. Because it'll be interesting to see where things start to be like, oh, shit, that went from number one to, you know. Or yeah. From, you okay, know. well, because this is forced, and because maybe you aren't going to be surprised this, maybe you are, I still am going to put maybe I'll catch fire ahead of God damn it. Wow. It's shocking to me, but. And, and it's, but it, like, I am forcing myself to do this ranking a little bit off of, um, like listener fatigue type of thing, you know, like, I don't know. Like I still feel sure. like I'm, I'm ringing out lyrics or I'm ringing out context from some of these things. Like maybe I'll unlock something within a song like sleepyhead. That's going to make me appreciate it more. Some of that, like there's like a potential there. God damn it. I, guess, I got you. Yeah. God damn. It's great. God damn. It's yeah. to the point, uh, high energy, amazing first album for a band. Like one, yeah. like love it. And if and at the end of the day, like it's still a band that is loved overall. Like there, it's gonna be a high in my list for sure. But right now, maybe I'll catch fire. Is, is where it's where I'm calling hey, it. I'll catch fire. That's nuts to me. Um, but yeah, that's cool. Um, I don't happen to have that right in front of me right now. But I'm just just thinking like, yeah, my least favorite song on this album is "Fuck You Aurora." On that album, it was "Cop." Mm-hmm. And I think I like Cop better than I like uh, Fuck You Aurora. Yeah, maybe. It's tough. I mean, I, I know you can't... There's only 10 tracks on this one. It's it's not like a pound-for-pound pound comparison necessarily, but... Um, and I do get what you mean about the fatigue thing, because I've definitely heard... God damn it, like... Uh, significantly more than yeah. this one, so... Um, yeah, but it's because it's a great album, and that's only... It's just like a personal choice type of thing. If I was to like find somebody on the street and say like, Hey, you know, you want to try listening to this new band? I don't know that I would say, listen to maybe I'll catch fire. And this is going to hook you on loving them. Like I would probably recommend to the stranger, Hey, here's, here's God damn it. Or here's um, from here to infirmary or, or, you know, whatever. Like mm-hmm. I, this is just personal ranking of it. So that's the, I'm not saying it's necessarily the better album, but yeah. it's the one I think I would choose to listen to first or rank first for me out of these two. So mm-hmm. controversy, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, because now it makes me curious to see where this is going to stack up when we've gone through all nine. Yeah. Well, yeah. it'll be curious to see uh, your ranking as well, because clearly you're telling me, God damn it's one, this is two. That for you. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. what I'm telling you so yeah. far, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. That's fine. Not a bad opinion to have and valid yeah. and everything. Um, but yeah, cool. Well, then the next episode we do is going to be on uh, From Here to Infirmary, 